0: One, two, ten.
1: Yeah. You're listening to the Claim of Throne Blogcast, coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be in a do-it-yourself metal band in 2015.
0: Who is
2: it? You're listening to the Claim of Throne Blogcast with Cabba and Ash. I'm Ash, and I'm Cabba,
1: and thanks for tuning in. Episode 34, I believe. We did try to record episode 34 last week, but Cabba got too drunk and ruined it, essentially. What's going on
2: this week, Largy? Well, uh, whether this podge happens or not is completely up to the computer gods. My um, <laughs> my hard drive on my Mac crashed or something was corrupted. Anyway, I did some uni work to do. I had some other stuff to do. And of course, this podcast and um, yeah, basically had to wipe everything, reinstall operating systems and Pro Tools isn't starting and I'd say it's some compatibility issue. Yeah. So I'm actually running this mic into my older Mbox, which hasn't been used um since our podcast with Al from McGurk, which the quality came out as a pile of <laughs> shit. So it could Cabba's voice might be pristine on this one and mine might be really shitty, but we'll we'll see. That was the whole reason I upgraded my gear from that podcast. So um let's hope that the little sucker works today and there's not too much hissy noise. But yeah. Got a bit of room tone, so hopefully I can get anything bad out of there. Cool, man. Do you want me to put on a voice so that I
1: sound really shit so that we match up? Oh, hello, Ash. Welcome to the Claim the Throne
0: Bludgecast.
2: That is perfect. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so my laptop's cranking away in the background, and it sort of feels like the old podcast. That's how we used to record it. Hey, right. What are we going to talk about today? All sorts of shit. Tip of the week is: um, you may back up all your projects and things like that. So I've all of my. Pro Tools sessions and all of my sort of important file project-related stuff is all sorted, but what I don't have is any install files Mm. and that's what's taken so long to download off the net. And, you know, you can only really do one or two things at a time or else it just, everything crawls at a snail's pace (laughs) and that means you've got to keep checking on shit. So, back up your install files and if you've got a bit of spare time every six months, maybe check if there's a new version out of something you might want to use and just download it. As backup and put it on, maybe keep a, a large thumb drive or something like that, just with all of your main stuff, like your essential daily shit. Because if I had done that and had a Pro Tools install file uh, and operating system, et cetera, it, this might have been not such a big problem. Cool. Very good one. Can I do
1: some music industry news of the week? Please do. Please do. I like your attitude. Um, just for fucking, you know, Wham, the West Australian music organization whatever they are Um, then there's the equivalent around Australia as well Music Victoria I believe is the one in Melbourne um, and a few others around for your uh, respective state and we are pretty lucky in Australia with the um, music and arts industry there are these whatever they are (laughs) that um, industries that help out um, artists in their respective states and the one wham that we're obviously are relevant to being from Western Australia I've just seen it via their news that um, Virgin Airlines recently have announced further travel savings for musicians I'm pretty sure it's the same for um, the other bodies around Australia as well via a company called Travel Beyond which is travelbeyond.com.au um, Travel and beyond? Travel and beyond <laughs> in joke and so, I mean, Virgin has always, well, the last year at least, maybe more, um, there's been, you get uh, extra baggage allowance for musicians if you're on tour. Uh, you obviously can't fit your guitar and drum kit and cab into your 20 kilo suitcase to go on the plane. Um, so you've been given uh, additional allowances. It, whether, I don't know if there's a threshold, it might go up to 30 something kilos, but um, they normally waive any additional travel fees, which is obviously a massive help because that can seriously blow your budget when you go on tour. Um, but further to that, they've now got savings on all uh, domestic f- flights going throughout the country, obviously. So if you're on tour and you're in a band and you are a member of WAM or you're a member of Music Victoria or, or whatever, whatever you've got in your state, mm. um, you save between 7 to 20% on um, standard fares. And you also get discounts on car hire and apparently a whole shit ton of accommodation. And there is an actual portal that you can log into, which I don't know if it's open yet or not. It is due to open uh, ASAP, I think. Um, but so you can basically go into this um, database and book your whole entire tour um, itinerary. Let's see your flights, and your accom, and uh, your vans and excess baggage and wi-fi and parking and all sorts of crazy shit like that um so i think that's a pretty awesome
2: step forward for national touring very cool and that's a great example of companies um providing just enough of a discount because if you think about it for a whole band it's about what might be anywhere from 1500 to two grand's worth of flights for five people to tour australia um to hit five capital cities i mean you know that's, that's $200 off flights right there and if it's sort of a little bit of money off everywhere, you might save on your whole tour, you might save enough money to buy some extra merch or just to pocket to cut your losses later down the track and yeah, I think it's a really, really clever idea. Big time. Um,
1: I mean, even... Uh, recently, we've been asked to play a show over east. Um, so being a band from Perth, it gets pretty hard because it's so goddamn expensive to go over there, especially if it's just for one show or a festival or something. Um, but and, and we might be like, you know, we'll do it, but we just want our, our costs to be covered. But sometimes you, you know, no one's going to want to pay us like $2,000 to go over there and play one show. So this could cut off like a massive chunk of, um, of expenses. So we might be more inclined to accept gigs like that. Um, going forward if it's you know going to cost us less than a thousand bucks say to go mm. over there then it will definitely be worthwhile uh, more often so um, yeah that could mean more bands coming to Perth as well the same sort of thing if they can get cheaper deals coming this far then then wicked
2: that's awesome man um, yeah, yeah actually that's probably the most exciting news I've ever heard and, and it's the first time <laughs> see Wham, Wham's done a lot um, and they do a lot of events and they have awards nights and they you know they're a good sort of industry icon in WA but the the thing is for most bands it's hard to actually gauge what their contribution is to us and this is something really, it's really tangible. Bands can um, get cheaper flights man, that's just amazing. So that promotes um, Australian touring and not only that but if the Victorian arts are doing that as well then it promotes bands coming over this way because it's not just that Perth bands miss out on going over east to do runs when you know eastern states bands can go up and down the east coast however many times they like and it's not so bad but we don't get a lot of uh you know indie underground acts coming this way because they're just it's too expensive just for one show totally no makes sense so
1: definitely um, check your local uh, music body um, to find out if you can do it if you're interested in the wa one it's WAM Dot au And it um, should be in their latest news, so you can just check it there. And it's fire a, a company called Travel Beyond to have a deal with Virgin. And it is funny because actually since that's come out, I believe Qantas have just announced a um, baggage increase for touring musicians as well. It's
2: pretty good, mate. So it's
1: one of those things you'd, you'd still want
2: to be comparing your flights. Yeah, you can have a look if uh, Virgin's cheap and then look at Qantas and sus the cunt. How did you find that piece of news? Did you find it through like an RSS feed or something like that? Or were you doing some general research?
1: Uh, I'm just on their mailing list to be honest. So I got, uh, I get their emails when they send that out. So I saw it there first, but then I think a few people on, on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot have been um, talking about it as well. Cause it is a pretty cool thing. And uh, WAM do do a lot. Sometimes it's not always the greatest thing ever. You're like, uh, whatever. I wouldn't really make use of that. And they do do, um, a lot of the uh, okay, awards and things over here as well, um, which often aren't entirely relevant to metal bands like they do have heavy metal categories in like songs of the year and band of the year and that sort of thing. But it's often, I, th- I hate to say it, I think the metal community has probably lost a bit of faith in them from some of the results you get each year. It's definitely very questionable and you're not sure how the panels are working. Um, but it's just one of those things. You just got to keep supporting it. There's nothing else out there that um, that supports the local scene in a similar sort of way. Um, and if they, you know, bringing deals like this ahead, it's only positive and what have we been doing recently? We've been writing music. We have. We had a gig on the weekend. Maybe we'll give a little recap of that fucking thing. Um, so we played in, in Perth at Amplify Bar. It was uh, a headlining show of ours that we booked. And we did make it for a launch of a new range of merchandise and our first show back from America. And it went pretty well. We had a cool lineup. I thought all the bands were real awesome. So check them out. Silent Night, The Fuhrer, and Septillion. And all run pretty smooth. I think we had a few... Uh, positive things like um, just having a good vibe between the bands. We All the bands shared the same back line, so that made for easy changeovers. Um, there was a you know, pretty pretty good entry price and merch prices and uh, set times were mm. up around the place. Everyone kept to that and, and it ran pretty well. We had a, a pretty long set that we were worried if we could fit all those songs into an hour. We actually smashed it out in 58 minutes. Did you know that? Did we? Yeah. I kept an eye on it. Oh, man, that was the longest 58 minutes of my life. (laughs) Because we were trying the thing of linking certain songs, because often we do go off on tangents and talk a whole heap of shit. And um, we actually didn't have Jim playing with us this week, unfortunately. um, But we did have old mate Owen Thomas, uh, formerly Mo Chief, on uh, bass filling in. So that was really cool. Check out his band Point Breakdown. I just do like to mention Mo Chief all the time for laughs. Um, But, yeah, and and so normally I guess Jim and myself and – Dicey and all of us really love talking shit on stage, which is by no means a bad Mm -hmm. thing, Um, but it was just good for an experiment really um, of of linking songs and keeping it shorter. And Yeah, if you were there and you watched this, if you liked it, tell us. If you thought we should talk more and play less, tell us too. Go to claimthethrone.net, hover over the right side of the screen,
2: record a message, we'll play it. Yeah, part of it is that we're not really doing many shows this year because we are in writing and recording mode. So for our last headlining show for the year, potentially, yeah, we wanted a nice long set that covered all of our releases except for only The Brave Return, I've just remembered. But yeah, it was just nice to chuck in songs and not have to take other songs out. Totally, no. But it was challenging. Man, I'm out of practice.
1: Yeah, actually, I was exhausted. Um, Normally, yeah, we have that break between songs where you can just get your breath back and talk a bit of shit and have a drink. But when we're linking them like that, uh, I mean, I don't know if it looks more pro or not. It might do, but fuck, it's exhausting. Like, not even getting a time to have a sip of beer. Um, pretty intense, but it was yeah. good good fun. Ah, oh, well, whatever. Live and learn. Next show uh, at the very same place, Amplifier Bar in Perth, Friday the 10th of April, and that's for Chainsaw Hookers, their CD launch, along with Emu Experts and Bounty Hunters. So it's going to be a very varied lineup, a bit of rock and a bit of metal and a bit of everything in between, or jumbled together so hopefully we get a um a cool turnout of some different people and and bring the metal scene together with with other punters too it's gonna be good sick but yeah you're right you did mention that we've been writing a bit uh lately trying to focus on that um rather than smash out too many gigs it's about time for us to get a new album out so we may as well talk about writing uh, mm. in this episode and what we've been doing to write our songs and, and put the album together and some some uh, problems we've encountered along the way perhaps or some tips we've got to putting songs together?
2: Yeah well maybe I'll start uh, with you like being one of the primary songwriters at at the moment I guess to start with we're sort of in a in our own little worlds as individuals we're not really working too much together Uh, we are here and there but it's um, more of an individual thing right now and then once we're finished with gigging we'll probably get together and in probably in twos or or maybe with the whole band and just present some work and you know, trade ideas and see what works, jam things out. But I mean, how do you start off when you actually compose a song, Kappa?
1: Uh it's it's interesting, eh? Because if you're writing a song just for yourself, for fun, it's one thing. But if you're writing on behalf of a group of five people, um, it, it's a whole different ballgame. So I guess if you're just at home fucking around just for fun, you just click record on your computer or your cassette recorder and, and strum away or you just... Um, memorize stuff as you're playing. So you just, you might be playing, I don't know, learning some other songs of other bands that you like and you might want to go towards a certain direction of style. And then as you're playing their riffs, you just sort of make alternations to it and come up with your own sort of things. You might come up with something that you sounds pretty cool, even if it's a few notes and then you build off that slowly. Um, But I always try to keep in mind the structure of a whole song, which would be my number one tip. Um, It's awesome to have bunches of riffs to choose from and um certain parts that might go well here and there but um if you can always think of the bigger picture so bear in mind song structures like you might have come up with a cool riff but don't know if any vocals are going to go over that so maybe it could be an intro and then uh what what would go well next keep dynamics in mind and change it up and have some vocals over the next part for a verse and then a chorus something really a bit more catchy or something that stands out the most in the song the um, bridge, solo, etc. We know what song structures are, I'm
2: sure. But yeah, that's, I guess, where I start normally on a basic level. Okay, but let me ask you this then. Do you start Far songs away. in a linear fashion? So do you write a riff and go, that's pretty cool? Or if I start here, that's my intro and I'm going to move on from there? Like, how do, you, how do you organise that? Because I would think, <laughs> just from hearing you say that, even though we've got songs that aren't structured so... Um, traditionally, but at the same time, if you're looking at things like song structure, does that confine you to, do you know what I mean? Like, is that actually... Um,
1: yeah, yeah, totally,
2: man. Yeah, yeah uh, it's it's hard to say. Um, are
1: you thinking about it's, it's a, it that hard and fast? I probably am these days. I never used to um, when we first started out. It's a difficult one to answer, like when people will often ask you, how do you write songs? Do you do the lyrics first or the music first or whatever first? Yes, it's, it's a bit hard to answer. It always is varied up. Um, I found when we used to write the stuff back in the day, it would be just finding ideas and, and and yeah, recording random ideas or memorizing random ideas, and then something might just stand out that it's going to link with something else, and you slowly start building it that way. Whereas I guess these days, because we've started using a bit more technology, quote unquote, would be it's, it's like opening the recording software pressing record and then wanting to start from the start of a song. And I, mm. I guess I sort of do go in a linear fashion these days, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. It's probably good to vary it up a little bit. Um, you, know, you don't don't want to just stick to, to structure, I guess, if you want it to sound whatever whatever you want it, you want yeah. it to sound like. Um, you don't want it to sound too mechanical, I guess. So, you know, whatever works for you, really, if you just want to lock yourself in a room and strum away on the guitar or come up with some cool drum beat, um, without worrying about the mechanics of it then cool as well might sound more um more natural um, but definitely important to, to try out various different ways i'd say and um and, and when you're in a band scenario definitely showing things amongst your bandmates to get honest feedback as well whether they think something works or it doesn't Might even answering your question there
2: yeah i what yeah, do you think i reckon you've you've answered that and I guess it's a time factor as well like when you used to just play shitloads loads of guitar because you're a uni student or out of high school or something like that or maybe not working in such a serious mm-hmm. job. It seemed easier to just jam on stuff by yourself like plugged into an amp instead of a computer or a tape machine and you know ideas just kind of present themselves to you in the... Um, you know, over the time that you're doing that little, that little play session. But yeah, now it always seems like you've got to be a bit more productive. So I sit down a lot and I'll press record. And the thing that you mentioned is that, yeah, okay. So in that software, it does seem to be very linear because when you record, you don't go halfway through your project for some reason, like 10 minutes in and then start pressing record, do you? You always start at the start. That's and it. especially on this new modern software, if you're laying extra parts and blah, 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 and, it's very hard to move things and move tempo maps as well. If you go, Oh, actually I (laughs) think there should be a different intro here. It's a pain in the ass to move it. And I think that anything, anything that stops you from, from doing just the creative side of things hinders your creativity. Obviously (laughs) by, by definition. So with, um, I was talking to Jesse yesterday about she was, she was wanting to do some demoing and stuff. And I said, it's probably best to, to get like, And and I would recommend this for Jim as well. And Dicey's got something similar. You've definitely got something similar where it's just a really simple, dedicated setup built for your needs. So for you, Kabba, we set you up with a a really simple interface, a microphone that you can just plug in in your recording vocals. You can plug in your Kempo, which is digital, digitally into the box, and it's just ready to roll. And you've got the tone that you like to hear because if you're getting your creative juices flowing and then you're like trying to tinker with guitar tone, I think you've probably lost that little spark you had there, you know, mucking around. Yeah, or if I think you're, that's the biggest you mistake don't have you could a, make. You, yeah.
1: Yeah, like don't spend too long trying to make your your demo recording sound great or you're like, oh, shit, I fucked that bit up a little bit. It doesn't really matter, I would say, in the initial mm-hmm. stages. You just want to get those ideas captured and um, experiment with fitting them together. And one thing that yeah. has helped with that is having um, you talked me into getting the Stephen Slate drum Software when it was on special, and um, that's been really handy because sometimes you put these shitty little ideas down, but you know that it's going to work in your head. But then you go and show other people, and they're like, Oh, that sounds shit because I don't know, you fucked that bit of guitar up and it just sounds sc- scrappy. But if you can put some awesome sounding drums in there, for example, it brings the demo alive a little bit and gives. Yeah, the
2: other band members a bit of a better idea of where you're going with it. Yeah, for Yay, sure. Nay, mm. yeah, yeah, definitely, man. And the one thing I did when when I was kind of setting you up with that stuff when you actually got it, remember we did a template. So now, I do, you, yeah. yeah. So project now, template. yeah, you just turn on your computer, you hit the Reaper button, and you create a new folder or a new project from a template. It comes up and it's got Guitar One, and you just you're away. It's even got, mm. I'm pretty sure it's even got the drum track down the bottom. I don't know if he added that in the template, but that's what we do for this podcast. Yeah, so, it's in there. So Cabba goes, mm-hmm. oh, um, Laji, can you do a podcast in five minutes? And I go, no fucking sweat, except for today. <laughs> um, and I can just throw Pro Tools on, open up a template, and I'm ready to roll. Yeah, and then cool. And then, okay, podcast one thing, but like you say, a demo. It is just a demo. People lose sight of that. Mm. W- with the technology we've got now, we can demo and it can be a bit scrappy, a bit crappy, sound is a bit shit, um, Programmed drums made from like um, pre-made loops and stuff. But then we can just say, yep, that's pretty cool. Let's work on that more. And then we can actually do some more serious pre-production once we're happy with the song. Because if you work too much on a song, for instance, I had a bit of time off work last year and I was playing so much guitar, tracked a whole song, and I think I've tracked it three times, mostly because I was doing recording practice and stuff, but and like trying out different mic techniques and a few things. So it was, it was very useful for that, but it, I wasn't actually improving the song at all, and now I've come to really not like this song because I've realized that it's it doesn't have any depth to it, whereas a song that I didn't work so hard on achieving great sound with just used my normal template and ran for it, is much better because I focus more on the writing rather than what it was sounding like um, sonically.
1: Totally. You'd hate to spend, you know, heaps of time getting it sounding good or however you like it, you know, and um, spending hours and hours record- re-recording a riff rather than just, you know, settling with the, the first one. Like, you don't have to be a perfectionist. It's not um the, the actual album recording. You'd hate to spend all that time and then you get together as a band and no one really likes it. They're like, well, maybe this should go there and that should go there. Um, whereas if you've just got a shitty scrappy demo that you've put together pretty quickly, you won't be too disheartened if you just have to move a few things around or rejiggle it or whatever. But, um, yeah. And then, and then, you know, you spend less time on, on, on the production side of things, more time on the creative side. And then as you get further down the track, once you start jamming it together as a band and, and, and putting it together properly, that's when you can start focusing more on, on making it sound
2: killer and, and make, yeah, put, moving it to the next level, I guess. Yeah. Um, it doesn't explain much about songwriting but like specifically but I think it's that's like the most important thing because now that, yeah, we've got access to all this technology and stuff, songs are starting to sound a little bit more stock and everything. You know, people are, oh, okay, that riff went for, I can see now that it goes for eight bars. I'm going to mm-hmm. repeat it twice and then I'm <laughs> going to do this chorus in the middle and then I'm going to dump this in the end again. You know, like yeah. it is easy to be like overstructured And Mm -hmm. I know I have this battle, I I can play to a click pretty solidly without um, sort of sacrificing my feel. I've got enough of a groove that I can um, maintain that throughout a click along to a click track. Anyway, I always toy (laughs) with the idea of if my playing's reasonably solid tempo wise, why don't I just not record to a click you know but mm-hmm. I'm so used to demoing and stuff to a click that it seems utterly necessary so mm. the ju- and like the ease of just moving things around and um, the amount of editing you can do and stuff when you're to a grid is like infinitely more but yeah I'm starting to think that maybe if we do a really great um, demoing sort of rewriting and then um, pre-production phase that maybe we'll actually for once be so rock solid with what we do that we won't really need to rely on any editing and shit like that except for just punch-ins, which was just the stuff hmm. that you could do in the tape days anyway w- without much fuss. So, um, yeah, I think I think that if we focus more on just organically creating songs, then that will really come through on the album and we yep. won't need to search so much for... Um, actually modifying the sound of things if if all the vibe is there naturally from the way a song's sure. written and structured. Mm. Yeah man. <laughs> yeah.
1: What about back in the day before all this technology was available? If if you writing a song with a with the band with a group of people, can you just go into a rehearsal studio with no ideas and jam together and get something out of the jam and a new song? Do you reckon that
2: can work? No. Unless unless Okay, so back in the day, man, we were talking about this the other day. How many times a week did we jam? Or forget about that. How many weeks out of a year did we jam? It was so regular. It was just a mm. given that we would jam at least once a week. And at one point... Well, you book the rehearsal room. You say, can you book us in for Tuesdays? Forever. Every Tuesday. Forever, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah so an- we'd be going every week. And I guess how we'd be doing it is someone would at least have a few guitar riffs or some sort of ideas and then then you can sort of teach each other the riffs and and you're not in a rush like you'd happily stay at the room for like six to eight hours and just learn stuff while you're there and talk through it and have breaks and and whatnot whereas where we're at now it's like like you said before we are so time conscious and we might only get three hours in there we want want to go through the set once and that leaves us with a certain amount of time and that's why probably this computer-based writing is more beneficial
0: for us because we can have those but, ideas yeah, before
1: we go in
2: and whatnot yep mm-hmm. no no, no sorry you handball oh, i was just going to say that yeah the computer-based writing is really important to streamline our lives because that's we always seem to be pressed for time now that we're old as fuck um <laughs> but what it is taking away is that that sort of dynamic like see, so you and i for instance of um I reckon six months before I joined Claim the Throne, when we we first jammed together on some completely different material, from then I sort of went, oh, Cabba's got this kind of playing style. And I don't know, I just really felt a little connection there. And then when we got to jamming again on Claim the Throne stuff, I went, oh, it's all there. So when we wrote that next album, you did come in with pretty well structured song and i got to say you actually had that structured out for the most part on garage band I mean garage band on guitar pro mm-hmm. so you were aware of how the song went but you'd never done the whole thing on guitar with real drums so then when we did it i don't mm-hmm. know if you altered anything but i could kind of like vibe off you and you know we had this real real thing happening back and forth whereas later on i think that because we've played together so much so so much we get it but it's not as like it's harder to find the groove personally, let alone vibe <laughs> with someone else when you haven't even been on your own drum kit in <laughs> six months, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what, a big reason I struggled at the gig the other day, is because I haven't played my own drum kit since fucking Christmas. And before that, it wasn't, um, it was before the Japanese tour. Like, what the hell? You know, maybe once or twice here and there, but it's, yeah, We've something's missing with everyone I think who's sort of used to jam a lot and now doesn't jam so much. Mm. So I guess one of the other things we are talking about to long-windedly answer your question, can you just go in and write songs? Yep, you can, but you need time. And I think that can you just do all your writing at home? You probably can, but you. I think there certainly needs to be like a gestation period in a jam room with, if not the whole band, just like the main songwriters or like the rhythm section or whatever it may be um because yeah that seems to be how we used to do it and it worked fine even though our songwriting i think has gotten better yeah i think i think it would be even better again if we incorporated the new technology with just the old-fashioned way of doing things
1: totally yes i think it is definitely a healthy thing to get into the habit of having regular rehearsals and i mean that's for all bands whether you're new or old or originals or covers or whatever i mean that's that's obvious but um yeah, I think with writing, it, you need that healthy balance. But when you do go to the rehearsal room, you you need to be prepared in a sense. Um, I mean, even if you are just going to have a few riffs or whatever, like in the lead up to that rehearsal, like what we did a lot in the last album was um, Dicey and I would get together and practice the guitar a lot. So we might um, just just both go over all the riffs that we've got so we both know how to play them so that when we go to the jam room, we're not wasting time and pissing other people off by trying to learn each other's riffs. Um, if you're at least familiar with it and have an idea, you can put ideas together faster and, um, and experiment with different ideas a lot quicker and easier and more efficiently. Um, so, and then that's what the the concept I guess is that we always go on about with, um, the importance of tabbing your songs out as well. So we're going to try and use guitar pro a lot more on, um, the upcoming album for writing, um, so yeah, I guess people just have that to refer to all the time when you know when you get an hour to play guitar here and there you'll just go to the central drop box that we've set up, get the tab and practice along with it. Learn what you can, um give feedback if you don't like certain bits or do like some ideas, and then when you get to the jam room you know how to play, it, you're not wasting time. Um yeah, or it's it's not as going to be as frustrating. Um, definitely be a, a bit more of an effective Jam experience, I reckon, Um, and on that as well, like when you're at the jam room, it's always um, – it seems like an obvious thing, but I I get the feeling that a lot of musicians and bands do it. But um, if if you're working as a group, don't practice your own chops when you're in front of everyone. Like if if you've got five people sitting around trying to put something together as a group, don't sit there and crank your guitar and shred and try and learn some lick that you've been working on – or don't smash your drums and practice your fills when everyone's trying to, to work as a group. So it's, it's a group time that you need to, to make the most of it um, yeah, rather than an individual time. Save that for home, be prepared before you come. Uh, does, is that true or am I imagining that?
2: 100%. And while we were talking about the olden days, I was thinking how fucking frustrating it used to be, especially as a drummer, to sit there and watch a guitarist Tell another guitarist or tell a bass player how a riff goes and just the other person not be getting it, especially because I can play a little bit of guitar too. I remember just sitting there, like screwing my eyeballs out of my head, thinking, What in the fuck am I doing here? And you can't play drums because that would be super rude and obnoxious and would, you know, it's a necessary thing. But if you work on your own chops at home, I always thought that you can't use jams. Like a jam time is. the band to get better it's a group session so everyone needs to work on being having a dynamic and playing well with each other if you're going to your rehearsal and I am super guilty of this at the moment as almost like your own individual practice so like I didn't personally I didn't play to my standard at the last jam we had and it was pissing me off but And that just reinforced that I need to sit home, pull out a practice pad and just fucking get the chops up, get that boring shit out of the way. So then I can just allow myself to not only play really well, but to have fun as well and to vibe rather than just try and get through something. And when you're songwriting, it's the same thing. Like if you're, if you're not actually playing your instrument a lot and you feel a little bit uncomfortable or you're a bit rusty on it, and then all you're doing is learning what is in front of you rather than learning it and then adapting your style to it, then I think you're really missing the point of being in the band. You could just get a hired gun in that case, you know. You, you've really got to, to make yourself a valuable member of the band, You've you've got to put your own spin, even if it means not changing a single note or changing anything, just your personal feel should just be all over that
1: riff or whatever it is, you know. Totally. And if, if you're putting the song structure together as a group at the jam, I mean, if you don't know how to play a certain riff, it doesn't matter. As long as you you, you know, um, you're following what's going on, you can make a note, like bring a notepad and say, shit, I need to learn that bit. has um, tabbed it out or Dicey's tabbed it out. So I'll go back and learn that before the next time. Um, but as long as you're following and you, you know, you you're, yeah, again, you're focusing on the song as a whole. You're not focusing on... Uh, an individual's performance or uh, getting one particular riff tighter. Um, yeah, the idea is to put this that song together. Yeah, it's a, it's a conversation you could go on about for hours, really. Mm. I mean, there's all sorts of things we could touch on, like, um, you know, even being able to deal with multiple people. Um, you know, how do you bring up feedback if you don't like someone's mm. idea? How do you tell them without hurting their feelings and <laughs> whatnot? Um, but ultimately, as a band, if, if everyone's... You know, if there's a positive vibe, you're going to be writing better songs and you're going to work better together and, and you're going to feel like you're going forward. Um, but, yeah, I guess, like, is there any other little tips in
2: regards to actually putting a song together? How do you come yep. up with ideas? How do you get the juices flowing? Um, just, just to you – s- you said that stuff about interpersonal sort of relationships in a band and telling people that their, their creative input sucks. I think um, to wrap that up neatly – I would say, if you're not the main writer of a song and you don't like the song as a whole, maybe you can put that point across, right? But if you don't like just one part of a song or you don't like a certain riff or the way it's played or something like that, don't just say, I don't like it. Always be constructive. Because at the end of the day, have you you presented something in a whole Mm. piece to the band? No, you haven't. You're just commenting on something that someone spent a lot of time on and hey, maybe it is crap. Maybe it is absolute shit that they've got, but but you've got to provide <laughs> <laughs> you've got to provide an actual reason for it,
1: you know, and an alternative. Perhaps you could yeah, say you know have something. You know, it's a heavy sounding song, and then you've gone to this real mellow bit, and you know, whilst we get that idea is cool, it doesn't seem like it really flows here. It sort of throws the vibe of the song. So, how about changing that bit into a different key or making it faster or or something like that? You know, so, yeah, and, and then yeah. that's when it's um, constructive and. And I think you'll find people will appreciate that even if they're the main writers, if you, you know, you're not tearing them to shreds, you're just making a suggestion, which is actually really helpful a lot of the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and that's why we have such a thing as editing like in life, like you wouldn't go and send an email unedited to like your favorite musician about what you do like about their songs. Cause you might come off sound like a dickhead. You would want to reread what your actual thoughts are. So just check yourself before you wreck yourself <laughs> and yeah just you're working for the same goal you don't want your, your latest CD or whatever to suck but at the same time you don't want to not have any music to put on that CD because you shoot down everything
1: yeah now that's it that's good yeah and the other thing I was thinking is when, when we were talking about um, you know if, if you're recording onto a computer sorry about Floyd's feet by the way can you hear him I can hear his mouth but that's good fucking stop <laughs> breathing Floyd get a drink you dickhead um yeah <laughs> Just yeah, when you when you're doing it on the computer and you, you were just back to you know following shit in a linear fashion and you know does it lose its creative feel and whatnot? Um, just often I find if you even if you come up with a few riffs and you lay them down, um, if you export them into MP3 or whatever and have them on your your iPod to listen to when you listen to music, um, if you keep those ideas in your head as you're going about your day. Uh, maybe you go into the gym and you just have this song stuck in your head and it just happens to be your song that you've been working on. You can start thinking of ideas that might go after that or before that or um, a good vocal idea. Um, there's a few songs, one in particular, The World Grows Dull that we wrote. Um, the The main chorus of that is a, a clean vocal bit and I came up with that on the shitter and didn't have any guitar to that yet but I did have um, a bit of the intro and guitar lick but then um, yeah, I was just... I don't know, just thinking of the, the pattern that would come after it and just started thinking of that. And then I literally sung that into my phone to record it and then went back um, to my guitar and, and figured out a guitar bit that would go with it um, and then kept building it from there.
2: <laughs> Good story. And funny? Fu- yeah, and funny you should say that because, you know, I've read stuff before about ideas and where creativity comes from it's that you know it was hip probably still is a while ago all those tech dudes in san francisco talking about how how do they know that the next idea is going to make them a million bucks fuck off what they are saying is that a lot of creativity happens in the shower or in the toilet Mm -hmm. and unlike you who's probably like googling jock reynolds while you're in the toilet (laughs) um most people those are the kinds of places and driving a car where most people are kind of zoning out a bit yeah. And I think that in in life when you're doing things, if you do like some hardcore research or hardcore like listening to your favorite music or hardcore um, riffing and practice and, and fucking around in the morning and then you go about your daily business a little bit, maybe in the afternoon, subconsciously all those things start to kind of percolate a bit and you've had time and it might happen while you're taking a crap or it might happen – when you next pick up your guitar but you know you've actually you can't just always be focused that's why it often doesn't work to set aside an hour just to write something because it's it's not enough time for things to sit with you it might be but but it could be more beneficial to have that hour after maybe the previous day or that morning or something like that um yeah really going over some stuff and some ideas and thinking a lot and that's why i always get ideas driving mm-hmm home from school because I listen to a lot of stuff in the morning and, and a really technical sort of shit I like to listen to in the morning and then in the afternoon um on the way home when I just can't be bothered listening to anything and I'm just driving and zoning out in traffic I think of it it just kind of hits me all this stuff so might not be songwriting creativity but you still there because my video just cut uh, out yeah my video just for some yep. reason turned off cool
1: um one other thing on that as well, when you're, um, when you say you might only have an hour and you put it aside and you're like, okay, I really want to get something done tonight while I can. If you sit down and you just can't come up with anything, you've just got a complete brain freeze. It's going to really throw you off and put your your spirits down. And then you might just subconsciously think that you can't do it anymore and you'd be struggling a bit as well. So yeah, don't um, yeah push yourself too hard. I mean, it's good to have goals, and you want to have a song written by a certain time. But if sometimes you just can't, it's one of those things with with creative arts. Just you know, do what you can, but don't um don't beat yourself up if you can't come up
2: with anything or you don't like anything you're doing. Just keep at it, and you'll get there. And I would say too, Caber, that mm. jamming three times a week would seem like a chore now. But when you're young, I used to love going to jam. It was yeah, awesome. totally. And I think that's the same way about songwriting is that it was something I used to be excited to do was just get home and I just appreciated playing guitar or getting on the kit or doing something and um, I find I'm my most creative when I really want to be doing it. I don't – I'm not in it to write something. I'm in it to just play music and then suddenly, whoa, I just make up a riff and go, yeah, that's it. I just get inspired by something. So, yeah, if you have a hard day at work – you think that shit's going to happen unless you've had a hard day at work and all day you're going, oh, I can't wait to play guitar, as opposed to I've got two hours to play guitar tonight, something's got to happen because you're just probably going to psych yourself out. And
1: and then, um, yeah, when it does start working out, you can often get on a roll as well because you're just in, in the zone and you just you know what you're doing. You've found your your focus as to what direction you're taking and what you, you know one song sounds like and you just know what you want the next one to sound like and you keep going from there. So that's a really cool feeling as well, so stick at it. You shall arrive there. Um, I feel cool. like we could probably have another episode on that one day. Yep, me too. And yeah, we're probably, I guess that's probably all the time we
2: have for you today.
1: Yeah, so we'll stop it there. But um, again, if you've got any thoughts, claimthethrone.net, leave us a voice recording or comment on this post when it comes out and um, and we'll talk about it. I did mention before we had that gig for our new merch. So we do have a whole range of new Claim the Throne merchandise. Head to a big cartel, wait, what is it? Claimthethrone.bigcartel.com, that's the one. And um, it's all up there. Uh, yeah, lots of variety of, of cool stuff. We try to keep the prices reasonable if we can. Postage is a bit of a bastard, but w- yeah, we'll do what we can. Um, if you go to uh, your podcast app or iTunes or wherever the hell you get this episode from, leave us a review on iTunes or something. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, if you do, we'll certainly choose someone random to send a brand spanking new Claim the Throne stubby holder to and probably. Um, some extra shit, whatever we can fit in your package. We'll post it to you for free as an appreciation for leaving a review and telling other people about it. Um, that would be great. Thanks. You're nice.
2: What song should we play, Cabba?
1: We're out of songs, man. We're talking about writing songs. We need new ones to play on here.
2: That's true. You, you got anything for me? Have we ever d- have we ever done the demo to like um, Rage of the Storm or They Should Live On? Have we ever put that on? Oh,
1: so some old school demo. We probably yeah. haven't. We can do that. See what we can scrounge up and chuck it in. Yeah, let's let's do it, eh? That'd be awesome. Sweet as. All right. We'll be back with you soon. Find us uh, around the internets and all the usual places. Facebook.com slash claim the throne. Grab me and Ash on Twitter. I'm Mr. Cabba. M-R-C-A-B-B-A. Who are you on Twitter, Ash?
2: Ash Throne, I believe.
1: Ash Throne, cool. Otherwise, C-T-T underscore A-U. We're on Instagram and all sorts of shit. Sign up to our mailing list at uh, claimthethrone.com or claimthethrone.net. Also, if you are good at making websites or any crazy technical stuff, we've got an idea brewing in the future. Um, So hit us up and we're going to be putting a bit of a scope together as to what we want to do to release our next album. So if you know anyone out there technically minded on the internets, put them in touch with us.
2: Sweet. Sounds
0: good, man.
1: All right. We'll see you guys next time. Cheers. Cheers.